1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. What a pleasure always to be in the presence of Ray Lance and Pete Lance. These are your money guys. And I'll tell you what, nothing better than to protect your money, be sure to protect your family. And this is what we talk about every Sunday. And that's why I think this show is so popular, because it connects with everyday people, Ray. Good morning. Good Sunday morning. Good Sunday morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you by the Money Guys and sponsored by USA Wealth Group every single week. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can reach us anytime you have things that you'd like to discuss or information you'd like to receive. Give us a call at 508-998-8858, or you can visit us on our website, www.usawealthgroup.com. So welcome. You know, Phil, today we're going to be talking about recession. And the recession? first thing I'd like to do, speaking of things um, receding, <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. We're going to talk to my son. Talking about my hairline? No, I wasn't <laughs> going to go there. <laughs> it's unfair. It's unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> you still have a full head of hair, and I've lost most of mine up top. Well, uh, welcome to Peter Lance, who is also uh, rejoining USA Wealth Group. Um, it's in process right now, but we're very happy to have him on board and very happy to have him here with us today. I think we should have a party with a cake and a celebration. Cake. I really do. I, oh, absolutely. Just cake? Well, no, we'll dress more. you up as a pinata. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Phil and I can beat on you. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Pete, do you remember in Paris Island something called a pugil sticks? Of course I do. It was like a gauntlet line. Oh, my uh, well, They had a couple of different things. They had several different exercises. A pugil stick is like having something that's a little bit thicker than a broom handle with something like a massive Giant boxing pads. or big pad on either end. And you held it in a cross position as if you were holding a rifle. And we had a couple of different exercises, I remember, when I was in Ooh. Marine Corps boot camp. They actually used them in a TV show called American Gladiator that was out in the 80s. I don't know if anybody ever watched that show, but they used pugil sticks to beat up everyone. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> care for those shows. They're sort of like I don't pseudo either. heroes that don't have anything else going for them. But the real deal was going through boot camp and having bugle stick training which is simulating that you had a rifle in your hand and you didn't have any more bullets but you had to beat down the en enemy with your rifle mm -hmm. as a tool as a stick and so you went through a gauntlet line and remember where everybody is whacking at you with the bugle stick as you're going to run through it and trying to fend it off with oh. your own bugle stick but then you also had a one-on-one -on -one, and it's sort of a measure of confidence training in a way that you can stand up to somebody and yeah. and be there. And I remember I was up against a guy who was a good five or six inches taller than I am. But one of the things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to scream like a banshee at the same time you yell. So you get up there and you try to intimidate the other person by yelling at them as forcefully right. as you can. And I did more than hold my own against this larger guy. There you go. Just because of being you know, aggressive and threatening Remember that exercise, Pete? Mm -hmm. Yep, I definitely do. We should try that again sometime. 
What do you think? I think we'll both end up in the ER. <laughs> Probably. No, those are the good old days. We won't repeat those good old days. But you always have mm-hmm. the feeling, you know, even decades later, that if you ever had to have something in your hands like that, you could yeah. still do what you had to do with it. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're off track. We're going to be talking about the recession this morning, or what is a recession. We are not in a recession. So I'd like to be really clear This is not intended to be a depressing program like, are we heading for a recession? There's a lot of commentary on that topic right now, and it's possible for one very simple reason. The economy anywhere, but including this country, tends to go in cycles. And in 2008, we had a great recession, uh, and the economy went down and jobs went down, and Um, It was tough to get by financially for many, many thousands and millions of people. So that was, what, eight years ago now that we had a great recession. So there are a lot of commentators, uh, economists, and others who think that maybe we're due for another recession. So we're not here to make you feel badly that, you know, we're in for tough times But the message for today really is very much going to be, what if we were heading for another recession? What can you do, what should you do to protect yourself, to protect your family, to protect your investments and your money? And so we're going to talk about the definition of a recession. Uh, We've got a lot of good information. How is a recession different from a depression? Mm -hmm. We had the Great Depression in the 30s, 1929 and 1930, 1931. Um, we're not talking about depression. We're not approaching this from the viewpoint that, you know, the sky is falling and we're heading for a recession. We're just saying that there are some indicators out there. And like anything else in life, maybe this is a time when you need to think about what could you do, what should you do to be prepared in case, Mm -hmm. just in case. So let's begin about talking about what is a recession And there's lots and lots of good information. We're happy to provide copies of any of this information. Uh, A recession is just simply a period of time when there's a significant decline in activity across the whole economy, which lasts longer than a few months. And you can measure it by looking at unemployment or employment, income, wholesale trade, industrial production, things like that. There are ways to measure it. The most simplistic terms is uh, two consecutive quarters of economic decline, especially with regards to the GDP or gross domestic product, which is the materials that we make in this country. And so one of the other interesting features about a recession, Peter, is that we don't know that we have experienced a recession until we've actually gone through it. So you can't say, whoop, we have just begun a recession today, folks, because Mm -hmm. you have to be able to measure what happens over two quarters successively to determine whether, in fact, we were in a recession. So um, as Peter said, two consecutive quarters of gross domestic product decline um, and other metrics are used, measuring techniques, to determine if we've been in a recession. So... A depression, on the other hand, is much deeper, much longer-lasting recession. And there isn't any specific measuring stick to say we've just gone through a depression because it's always unique. The Great Depression of the 1930s had a 
gross domestic product or GDP decline uh, greater than 10%. And unemployment during the Great Depression briefly reached 25%. So that's been our Great Depression. We've had numerous recessions over the years. And that's the main difference, isn't it, uh, Pete, between recession and depression? Yeah, and right now the stock market is, uh, you know, sort of holding its own. It has its days that are a little bit down, but over the, for the most part, it's been doing okay. Um, that does not necessarily indicate what's going on with the economy or anything regarding a recession. But, um, you know, back in 2008, when we had that recession, that was a, a pretty decent recession, and people that were in the stock market, uh, you know, some saw losses 40% or more. The other thing we're going to talk about today when we talk about recession is we're going to talk a little bit about government activity and politics. Uh, specifically, we're not going to talk about presidential campaigns Aww, or candidates. Come on. We're going to leave that for people like Phil to talk about because he has lots more fun talking about that stuff. But we are going to talk about some general things that. Uh, happen or may happen. And here's a good example. You know, if you think that maybe we're heading towards a recession, um, there could be actions or activities taken by the president once the election is over um, and by Congress that could do things to really boost the economy. Here's an example. Uh, one of the reasons that we got out of the Great Depression in the 30s is because we had a massive public works project. Right. And we put millions of people to work uh, creating bridges and highways and roads and dams. And, and it was good for the economy. It was good for the country to have this kind of growth. But it also created jobs and it created confidence. And we don't have a lot of confidence right now. Would that work in this day and age, though? I think it would. You think so? Yes. And here's why. Yeah. Um, the interstate highway system, I believe, was really started during the Eisenhower administration. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was one of his great contributions while he was president. And we have this wonderful connection in our country of all the interstate roads that we have. Well, a lot of those roads are really old and falling apart. Bridges. Um, mm -hmm. Locally, look at the Braga Bridge. I didn't realize until recently it was a 15-year project to restore that bridge. Yep. Look at Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth with all the major improvements yep. that are taking place. But aside from that, just look at all the bridges themselves that are unsafe and crumbling all around the country. Mm -hmm. So if you did nothing more than put bridges back in place and revisit uh, infrastructure, look at the fact that we've had cities in Ohio where there's been major pollution because of old lead pipes that have contaminated, you know, hundreds if not thousands of kids. Is that Flint, Michigan? Yeah, Michigan and Ohio. I guess that was Michigan. Yeah, Flint, Michigan. But so what do you do if you've got an older city with older infrastructure? It could be New Bedford. It could be Fall River. It could be anywhere in between. Mm -hmm. And you've got really old pipes that have been in the ground for 100 years. Those are big projects to replace all that. And typically, municipalities may not necessarily have the funds to oh, do that. They don't, no. So what if you had a new initiative take place after the presidential election mm -hmm. and Congress got behind it and said, we need to increase employment, we need to repair our aging infrastructure, 
Uh, we need to make sure that if we have an earthquake, we're not going to cut off major cities because the pipes are all going to break and nobody has water. So that could be a project that would be funded. Yes, it would be funded with bonds and government funding, but probably the the result that you would create in doing something like that by having a lot of new jobs in the country would mean that now you're going to create more tax revenue as well. You can begin to reduce the deficit and do some of the other financial things we need to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see very seriously that whoever becomes president, um, if they were smart, one of the very strong leadership things they should do is think about Put America back to work by creating jobs, by improving our old infrastructure. It would be good for the country. It would be good for the people. So that's my take on it. But for that reason, we're going to talk a little bit about politics. But I'd like the tone of this discussion to be positive rather than negative. Um, I mentioned that to Peter when we were talking ahead of time. I don't want people to be in a funk and say, oh, gosh, we're heading for another recession. Rather, what I'd like to do is to say... What if we were going to have another recessionary period? What can you do to protect your money? What can you do to protect your family? And there's many, many things that we can do. So we've talked a little bit about what a recession is. It's a period of sustained downturn in the economy for more than two quarters, uh, usually in a row, successive. So what might happen during that time period? Well, you might have reduced consumer spending. People are going to be concerned. They don't have as much discretionary money. Mm-hmm. They're going to spend less. Competition can get more fierce. We're seeing some of that now. You can go to almost any car dealer and finance a car for 0% financing or huge discounts. They're trying to get rid of inventory. Um, your own personal expenses are going to be a little higher. It may cost more for food. If you're in business for yourself, um, your business might become more unpredictable. There are some businesses that are recession-proof or um, at least not as uh, damaged by a recession than others, that's for sure. Like what? Toilet paper. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, plumbers, uh, you know, you might have some new construction uh, jobs go down, of course, but people are always going to need a plumber if their pipes burst or something happens to their toilet. Or okay. How about liquor sales? I think that that probably goes up <laughs> during a recession. Exactly. It, liquor sales are... <laughs> I think I've heard that before. No, it's true. Uh, li- liquor sales are basically re- recession-proof. <laughs> It's it's like when the lights went out in New York and Northeast Corridor, you know. You got nothing to do, so what do you do? You jump into bed with your partner or your partner's partner and record numbers of birth. I mean, what do people do when they don't have lights or if they don't have a job or if times are tough, they drink more. Yeah. And it's a fact of life. Um, but um, interest rates might potentially go down lower. And when you think of the fact that interest rates are so low already, uh, that could happen. And um, at the same time, your employees are going to be hurting, and they might be looking for salary increases. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of negative impacts of economic recession. Well, at the same time, they should be happy that they have a job because there's a lot of layoffs and unemployment during a recession as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about some of the factors, and then we're going to talk about some of the things you might want to do now. But I do want to mention very specifically 
uh, some positive quotations. So this is Zig Ziglar. He's one of the most famous salespeople, motivational speakers of all times. Mm -hmm. And he said, positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. Yeah. And William James, William James, a famous philosopher Mm -hmm. um, in the early, I guess the early 1900s, said, pessimism leads to weakness, optimism to power. But there's some more interesting quotes that I'd like to get to. Um, including one from Thomas Jefferson. If you want something that you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. Thomas Jefferson said that. So even back then, they were thinking of those things. Um, I'm looking for some of my quotations that I had pulled out. I'll give you one more positive one first from uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., Mm -hmm. a well-known actor. Show me the money. Show yeah, exactly. But he Show also, me the money. But he also said when he wasn't <laughs> acting, don't let people disrespect you. My mom says, don't open the door to the devil. Surround yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. And that's true, isn't it? It is. So what do you think of the political landscaping? That's a good word, landscaping, not the landscape. <laughs> it is sort of like political landscaping. It's raking over the muck. A lot of fertilizer. I like raking that. Raking over the fertilizer. Electric buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Those cutters, huh? <laughs> well, I want to give you a quote from in the past, because even way in the past, in the early part of our country, our leaders at that time made some really good comments about the political system in the country and so forth. Um, This is Alexander Hamilton. Unless your government is respectable, foreigners will invade your rights. And to maintain tranquility, it must be respectable. Even to observe neutrality, you must have a strong government. So he was in favor of having a government that people can respect. And once we get past the silly season of the political season, hopefully we'll regain some respect in this country that we have had missing for a while. Um, so, Peter, let's go on and talk about some of the uh, things about recession. Let's talk about, first of all, what are some of the things that you could possibly do to protect your assets and protect your family if you have concerns at all about recession? If you are of the belief that maybe the economy is going to be tougher or you don't see a strong economy right now or you've got friends and neighbors that don't have the kind of job they'd like to have and aren't employed to the fullest potential they could be. What are some of the things that you could do to protect your family? Number one, and we say this a lot anyways, is reduce your expensive debt. So for example, if you have a higher interest rate mortgage on your house, absolutely by all means explore locking into a lower rate mortgage. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be looking at this. If you're looking at anything that's above 4%, you ought to perhaps consider refinancing your mortgage. Yep, just a, a small uh, percentage change in, in the rate can make a huge difference in just your monthly payment. Well, too many people have, uh, and listening to us today are probably overextended with credit card debt and just other kinds of debt. Uh, this becomes a problem. Um, I mean, if, if the rate is lower than what you currently have, it's definitely worth looking into. My wife and I bought a house, and literally nine months later, we refinanced because it was a lower rate and saved us about $250 a month. Yeah, that's significant. That's a lot of money. Sure. And then if you can do it at that point, I know you've got kids to take care of with sports expenses. 
then the ideal thing would be to take that extra $250 that you can save and tuck it away for uh, savings or for investment. Number two recommendation, which I always, always, always stress is get on a budget. If you don't have a budget, um, you should have a budget. Phil, um, when I was talking to one of the people in my office a couple of days ago, they said from the last show we did when we talked about doing a budget, we had three calls from the radio show come in saying they would like to have a copy of our budget form. Awesome. So we've sent it out. Awesome. Uh, it's a super thing to do. It's easy. It's not difficult. It doesn't take a lot of time. But if you don't know where your money is going, you don't know where you can save some money. Folks, call tomorrow. I mean it. It will save you so much money in the future. It's as simple as giving a call to the office and getting this free budget form. Yep. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. And just say that you'd like to get a copy of the budget form that we Mm -hmm. talk about on the radio. We've got uh, an excellent form. And you don't have to give it back to us. This is for your use only. And if you have any younger kids, get a copy uh, for them, too, because it's time for them to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people will be surprised. Uh, there's a lot of detail on that budget form, even though it is easy to fill out because everything is spelled out uh, you know, very much in black and white. Uh, do you spend any money on newspapers? Do you spend any money on coffee? Do you spend any money on charities? So it's all all laid out for you and uh, will give you a very clear picture as to what you're taking in versus what you're paying out every month. And I'll give you a real simple example. I mean, we've all heard the example of buying expensive coffees, and I'm not going to mention any names, I promise. <laughs> I'm getting looks from Peter. No, I won't mention any names, but seriously, if part of your habit is to get an expensive cup of coffee every morning that costs you 3 or $4 or more, if you just didn't do that every day, um, have a coffee machine at home. You can buy styrofoam cups. You can buy the covers. You can get them in uh, any of the wholesale companies. You can get them in BJ's. Um, now you're going to anger the environmentalists. Yeah, styrofoam doesn't. It's not biodegradable. <laughs> yeah, but you can recycle them. Jen, every single morning, makes a cup of coffee. She used to go to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks every single morning. Do you mm-hmm. mention any names? Well, I mentioned both of them at least. And uh, she now uh, uses a Keurig machine. And yes, there's an expense to, you know, get that in the first place. And the K-Cups are not cheap, but overall it is a lot cheaper than going every morning to one of the other places, especially if you're somebody who, you know, tips as I do every time I go. Um, So she makes a cup of coffee and uh, she puts it in a washable uh, container with a lid. And she brings that to work with her every day. Well, there's lots of little things you can do. Um, We just got a bill in from one of the two newspapers that we subscribe to. And um, my wife said, do you really want the additional newspaper? And I said, you know, I never have time to read it. We're not renewing that one subscription. It's not a huge amount of money, but if you're not using something, if you're not spending money, if you have too many subscriptions and you're not reading them, Cancel them. Get rid yeah. of them. Save the money. Yeah, I, I used to subscribe to a lot of magazines and newspapers, and yep. I realized that a lot of the time I just didn't even have the, the time to read them, or if I did, I sort of skimmed through it, and I realized it just wasn't worthwhile to do that. Well, I have to give you a quotation from Harry Truman. I promised you I would say a few things that were generally political without talking about uh, any particular party. 
Harry Truman said, All the president is is a glorified public relations man who spends his time flattering, kissing, and kicking people to get them to do what they are supposed to do anyway. I thought that was kind of... He was like sort of a plain-spoken guy. Uh, plain-speaking guy. And then this is one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know who this person was. Alphonse de Le Martin. The more I see of the representatives of the people, the more I admire my dogs. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello, buddy. So we're talking about getting on a budget. We're talking about... If you are concerned about a recession coming, and I would say this, a recession will come. Recessions go in cycles. The last one was 2008. We will have another recession. We just don't know exactly when. Could be a month, could be a year, could be five years. Could well, it's be, not likely to be five years, but get in a budget. But we're going to continue to talk about what can you do to protect yourself if a recession comes, and what can you do to improve your economic life generally. We're going to come right back and talk about that. And I want to give you some very important quotations about Congress. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Welcome back to our show brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. Please take a couple of minutes to visit us on our website, usawealthgroup.com. If you would like a copy of one of our many, many financial reports we can give you, give us a call and say, you know, I'd really like to have a report on Social Security for uh, baby boomers, or I'd like a report on Medicare, what are the ma main Medicare rules, or maybe I'd like to know what some of the key financial statistics mm -hmm. are, interest rates and things of that nature. And around here, a lot of folks have been impacted by changes in insurance, their Medicare I just uh, returned last week from the COA, the New Bedford Council on Aging. Good. Ray, they were so magnificent. You've had Pamela in here before. Yes. Both uh, Deborah and Pamela were so instructional, and they took care of things. They guide you in the right direction. I know a lot of people who have emailed me saying, well, at the end of the year, I have to make different decisions and whatnot. Wow, will they give you the help that you need, folks? Well, I think it's really important to listen to your own advice and follow your own advice also. So what's happened to me is I have received a letter from Hawthorne Medical, part of the steward group, yep. saying, uh, as of December 31st of this year, you have to have a new primary care physician or you have to have a new health insurance right. uh, copay provider. A lot of people have received that. Thousands have mm -hmm. received that letter. And so that's going to create a lot of controversy for people. And since then, I have received a letter from Tufts, which has been my uh, Medicare supplement right. plan. And I received uh, another further publication from Hawthorne Medical, Stewart Group, saying uh, here's three providers that we are going to be working with. I know one was Blue Cross. I forgot what the other two were. Mm -hmm. And you may want to investigate them. And all these companies are now doing little public uh, promotions where you can go and listen and find out what the choices are. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, it's confusing. And yeah. when I first got the letter, I wasn't happy. I was mm -hmm. a little annoyed because this is a time-consuming thing to try to figure out what's your best choice sure. for an alternative provider. Or your other choice is, do you want to start from scratch with a new primary care physician wow. and a whole new group of medical providers? Who wants to do that? No, it's not a good choice. No. 
So like you, I have an appointment um, in about three weeks from today okay. where uh, I'm sitting down with a shine counselor yes. at the Council on Aging. I yep. have a, an appointment. If you are confused, as I am confused, ladies and gentlemen, call your local Council on Aging, exactly. Bedford, Dartmouth, whatever town yep. you live in, yep. and make an appointment to see a shine counselor. Right. I'm, I even got a little chart. And the print on it was so tiny, you really needed a magnifying glass to read it. Yeah. And it was all the differences between the copays and so forth of the new medical providers. I, I thought it was a very poor piece of literature to put out by the, the medical. Well, you said it, Ray. It's very confusing for the everyday person. If it was challenging for you, a professional, uh, it's, you know, very good advice. Call your counsel on aging. And it's free. That's the best part. It's free to get this kind of guidance. Right. Yeah. So let's come back to our main topic about recession. And I want to say a few things quickly about um, politics as well. This is uh, Mao Zedong. Politics is war without bloodshed, while war is politics with bloodshed. Mm. And Will Rogers, our good old friend Will Rogers, said, Politics has become so expensive that it takes a lot of money even to be defeated. So think about where we are. Yes. You know, this particular Isn't year. Isn't that the truth? And then Groucho Marx yes. said, all people are born alike except Republicans and Democrats. Here, I'll I give you that one. You can use that I one. I love you that know. one. You bet your life. So there are some good things that people over the years have said about politics and my view is the less said, the better. <laughs> but let's As usual, we have a, a packet, each of us about an inch thick of all the stuff that we've researched uh, leading up to the show, especially uh, Deb and Ashley back at the office. Uh, but I was just looking up something online, just the history of recessions. And it's basically an average of every four to 10 years as a recession of some sort. Wow. 1960, 1969, 1973. 1980, uh, 1981, 1990, 2000, uh, 2001, excuse me, uh, 2007 to 2009, and that was late 2007. Of course, most people think of it as 2008, but it started December of mm -hmm. 2007, it did. and that was actually called the Great Recession. Um, so you're looking at every four to ten years, essentially, um, historically over the past uh 56 years. So that's a really important point, because if you think of the alternative, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't have recessionary periods, you would have just a, a straight line going up in the air of growth and growth and growth and growth and prosperity and prosperity and prosperity. It doesn't work like that. The e economy goes in cycles, and the down cycle time is called recession. So as we said earlier, there will be another recession. Some people think that you know, it may be starting now. Some people think it's going to happen in 2017. We don't know exactly when, but recessions go in cycles. There will be another recession. Uh, we just don't know when it will be. You know, Pete, I wonder how long recessions tend to last. Um, and it, it always has a personal impact on people in some fashion or another, doesn't it? They can last for, you know, six months or nine months. It can last for a year. Um, it can last longer. Uh, the Great Depression, in, which started with the Wall Street crash in 1929, 
uh, that lasted for years. Um, so they do tend to have different time periods. We need to have stimulus sometimes. Other times we just need to have uh, more growth. Sometimes we need to have more positive attitudes in the country of people willing to spend money, which creates more jobs. And think about what we have going on right now with major corporations in this country. They're all sitting on trillions of dollars in cash. Every major corporation that has done anything uh, from a profit point of view, they're afraid to spend money. Yep. And they don't have confidence probably in our political structure, for one thing. So I think a lot of people have So they're afraid to spend money. Right and if they don't spend money and put up a new factory next door and hire new workers or whatever they're going to be doing to invest their cash, then it doesn't create jobs and it doesn't put more money back in the economy and we don't get more prosperous. So it's not just individuals who are controlling their destiny. It's major corporations and major companies as well. So get on a budget. As, if, as we said, we've got budget forms and lots of good things. Just give us a call at 508-998-8858, and uh, then we'd be able to send some information. But you need to guard against inflation also. Um, and that means you need to think about uh, where's your money, where's your money invested. Um, money in the bank right now, on the one hand, you've got FDIC insurance, but on the other hand, you are losing money on money in the banks. Because if you're making you know, a quarter of 1% interest and the rate of inflation is a whole percentage point higher than that, you're losing money. Right. So if you're not doing something to get advice, you know, come in and talk with Peter or come talk with me, we'll show you things that you can do where you can put money safely where you'll still be able to generate a positive return that is greater than what inflation is doing. And in some cases, it's uh, index products. You know, Pete, there's been some very interesting articles in the paper, in the Wall Street Journal especially, literally just in the last two days, uh, talking about um, there's a major move on Wall Street right now to get away from people who are supposedly expert on picking what stock is going to go up. And right. This stock is going to go up. And more and more money is leaving those kinds of firms on Wall Street to go into indexed funds. Hmm. And we're not just talking about indexed annuities. We're talking about indexed funds as well. And they're saying that um, there's not as much confidence even in the major stock investors in yeah. working with companies that have individual histories of stock pickers that they would rather feel safer in putting their money into index funds. And that's basically something that we've been pushing and promoting for a long time. You know, where you're... More than 10 years. Where your money can't go down, but your returns can go up. And it's just a safer way to do it. Harvey McKay, well-known commentator, said, When you wake up every day, you have two choices. You can either be positive or negative an optimist or a pessimist. I choose to be an optimist. It's all a matter of perspective. Hmm. And that's kind of the message that we want to convey today also, that we're not looking to have people take a negative outlook on, gee, what if a recession comes? Um, I think basically you need to accept the fact that there will be recession, and what can you personally do to protect it? You know, budget, save money, spend less, um, 
and really pay close attention to what you're doing. Harry Truman also said, it's a recession when your neighbor loses his job. It's a depression when you lose yours. <laughs> and um, the funny thing is that quotation was actually attributed to Ronald Reagan. Really? Also. I don't know if he copied Harry Truman or hmm. what the story was. No, I, mean, I think the biggest thing is recessions do happen. As I just mentioned, the average is every four to ten years, you're going to have some type of a recession. Uh, could we have one as big as there was at the start of 2008? Possibly, not likely, but you never know. And just to sort of be prepared for it and think about what you can do um, with a number of things, including make yourself indispensable with whatever job you have. Uh, make it clear that uh, your uh, indispensable to your employer, uh, or if you're self-employed, make it so you are indispensable to your clients. Right. And if you are invested in the stock market, you need to have a specific stock market strategy. Um, I think it's great for younger people to consider being in the stock market. Maybe it's not so great when you get older and near retirement. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to get more conservative. You know, something else is happening recently, Pete, and I'm meeting people uh, this past week and next week. Um, we've talked in the past about the fact that a lot of companies have eliminated pension plans and they've cut them off for new employees coming in. Well, there are some companies right now in this community that are doing the following thing. They're offering early buyout incentives to older employees that cost them a lot of money. They're specifically discontinuing their pension plans and offering to people they can take their the value of their pension, the lump sum value of their pension, and they're giving it to them, sometimes with advice, sometimes without advice. And we're seeing people now, right now as we speak, this past week, the past two weeks, and next week, that have to make choices about what to do with their lump sum distributions. Because now going forward, it's going to be up to you what you do with your money, like in a 401k or an IRA, for example. Well, we did a show back in July about uh, pension buyouts, or at least that was part of the show. I don't know if we dedicated the entire show to that. And I think we should do another one coming up soon, a little bit more in detail, because a lot more people are being offered that and seeing that. Um, and I know that you were just recently saying that there was a uh, an article in the Wall Street Journal, I think that there was a, a, a community down in Texas, I want to say, yep. that, uh, what was it, a police department? You have a good memory for little details. Actually, it was a um, October 2016 issue that was in Barron's uh, newspaper, which comes out right. on Sundays, usually on the weekend. It's called No Umbrellas for a Rainy Day. And it says, for uh, baby boomers, staying on the job seems to be more a matter of necessity um, mm -hmm. than it used to be. It's not because people like to work, but they have to work. And it says right now in the uh, labor force, the percentage of people ages 65 and older working is back to almost 20%. So of our workforce today, 20% of the workforce is 65 and older. And that's about the level where it was in 1962. Mm -hmm. So it says something about the strength of the economy and the fact that people haven't prepared. And then there's some people who just like to work and will probably never retire, such as you. <laughs> well, I enjoy what I do. There's no question about it. I would be bored silly. I'd have to invent something to do um, if I weren't doing what I'm doing right now. But the same article in uh, Barron's uh, magazine newspaper says that um, – 
Of the 40 million working age households, this is households, 45% of the total working population households in this country have zero in retirement savings. Wow. 45%. It's about the same amount that do not have any life insurance or do not have nearly enough life insurance as well. I mean, people need to get really serious. And uh, I've always told people, if you come in and sit down with us, we can always suggest something that you can do that will improve your financial position. But there was some some article that you had talked about where there were... I'm coming uh, to that. Oh, okay. It's the same article. Then it goes on to say, if you have a public pension, you know, you think that maybe you're in a good position because you've got a teacher pension, you've got a policeman's pension. Right now it says police officers in Dallas, Texas are retiring in droves, and they're putting a major uh, impact, negative impact on the overall pension plan. Their pension plan in Dallas right now is short by $1.2 billion. Wow. And so they actually lost 12.6% on their investment value last year in Dallas. And what they're saying is that what's going to happen is some of these pension funds are going to have to potentially cut pension benefits. The message here is you've got to look out for yourself. If you have a pension buyout offer, you may need to take it, but get some advice. We're happy to help you. And maybe you need to not leave it in a pension fund. Right. Or maybe you need to put it into something that you can control yourself. And maybe those state workers who had that option to uh, take the buyout just recently. We're right. talking about this past week, Ray. Yep. Yeah. I think, uh, folks, it would behoove you so royally to contact Ray and Pete. They have all the great advice for you, especially if you're a state worker. Yes. State workers... Verizon has got uh, buyout plans going all the time. Right. Um, what's the other company? Um, I know it's on the tip of my. Think of it in a second. Um, so let me give you a political message here. <laughs> this is from my good friend Mark Twain. Suppose you were an idiot, and suppose you were a member of Congress. But I repeat myself. <laughs> Redundancy. Redundant. Yeah. <laughs> And here's Milton Friedman, famous economist in this country. Mm -hmm. If you put the federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert, in five years there'd be a shortage of sand. (laughs) I love it. That is great. Politics is always a fun sport, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And we have to live with it. Um, So Robin Williams, my good friend Robin Williams, who had an untimely death. Robin Williams said, people say satire is dead. It's not dead. It's alive and living in the White House. (laughs) By the way, do you know that Robin Williams spent an enormous amount of time overseas entertaining the troops, but it wasn't that well known because he didn't publicize it? You know, Bob Hope was always well known for being over there and doing the uh, all the all the tours overseas. Well, a big reason for that is that he wanted the cameras on him at all times. He wanted the publicity, and people know he did a wonderful thing, but he wanted everybody to know about it. Whereas Robin Williams did a lot of that behind the scenes. I wasn't aware of that. A wonderful soul. Humble soul. This is from John F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. My brother Bob does not want to be in government. He promised Dad he'd go straight. (laughs) (laughs) And this is from Gary Hart. Remember Senator Gary Hart? I do. Yes. Boat and so forth. Bimini. (laughs) Yep. Of course. Uh, Was it Bimbo? Could have been. Can't remember. I don't think it was Bimini. Trump's, Trump's boat. No, 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 no. We're not talking names today, Pete. We're we're talking (laughs) about the person on his lap. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. On the boat. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
But here's a quote from Gary Hart. He said, I think there is one higher office than president, and I would call that patriot. Yeah, yes. I think that's a good mm-hmm. straight quote. So I'll give you one last political quote to leave you with. Uh, I'm not going to talk about any more politics today. This is from Lyndon Baines Johnson, um, a very worthwhile president. Being president is like being a jackass in a hailstorm. There's nothing to do but stand there and take it. <laughs> he has some colorful expressions, didn't he? But um, don't be afraid of a recession, ladies and gentlemen. But do remember that there are some things that you can do right now, today, that will make a difference in your financial future and will make a difference in protecting your family. And by the way, members of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormons, they have a philosophy uh, that you should stockpile food and water and supplies to take care of your family for a whole year in case an emergency arose. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting philosophy. Yeah, don't be afraid of it. It's going to happen. It's always happened, and we're still all here to talk about it. Just do your best to, again, make yourself indispensable at your uh, job and do as best you can to set aside funds and uh, have a good financial plan in place, and you'll be fine. Don't bury your money in the backyard. Don't chase returns if you're interested in saying, well, this stock's going to go up. I'm going to do that. You need to be very thoughtful about how you do things. You can bury your money in my backyard. Just make a map, please. <laughs> uh, you do need to be a little bit diversified in whatever you choose to do. Um, if you're going to buy a house, maybe your first house ought to be a two-family house. So you'll have rental income. So think about making some smart financial decisions for your family uh, when you're talking about money. And, and by all means, come and see Peter or come and see me. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. There are so many things we can do. We always sit down first and ask you to do a budget. We like to see a listing, a breakdown of your assets. What are you making on your various assets? How can you restructure things that would make more money for you? Is there something you should pay off? And as I say, every single week, every single person is totally unique from the next, and their financial uh, plan is totally unique from, from the last person. And most importantly, you have to have some common sense. I mean, personal finance really you know, at its core is common sense. You have to eliminate your high cost debt. You have to get on a budget and you must save for retirement. Um, You're not going to survive retirement if you don't, or you're going to get to go live with one of your family members if you have a family member to live with. Um, And nobody really wants to do that. There are a lot of pressures on everybody today financially. Um, I'd like to think that you can have some positive ideas and approach this in a positive way. Uh, Willie Nelson once said, once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive results. That was Willie Nelson. I wonder what he was smoking when he <laughs> I was going to He probably just settled his famous tax case where he owed $20 million in taxes. <laughs> That's a nice thought, and I like his music. <laughs> Sam Kenderson nice. had the bit about saying Willie was so high, he thought he owed Texas. So we used to throw that big party every year, and they said, No, Willie, you don't owe Texas, you owe taxes. <laughs> I like that, Peter. I like that a lot. Um, all right, so no more uh, political quotes today. I've got many more. They're just delightful when you look at them. Um, 
Here's one from a minister that I like, Joel Austin. Do you know who Joel oh, Austin I is? I do, yes. Interesting man. Mm. He's, he's one of the mega preachers and yes. the mega churches and so forth. But his message is overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. and overwhelmingly economic. Yeah. And, I mean, he's making good money at the meantime. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a real sincere guy. And I like the fact that his message is always very, very positive. Right. And basically, it's telling people to get out there and do something financially for mm-hmm. yourself. Absolutely. So he said, you're going to go through tough times. That's life. But I say nothing happens to you. It happens for you. See the positive in negative events. That's a beautiful thought. Don't be afraid of a recession. Do plan for a recession. If you have lump sum opportunities coming at you, make the right choices. Give us a call. Peter, thank you for your contribution today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And congratulations, Peter. You are, you know, the celebration of father and son together. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good Sunday, everyone. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We and appreciate your listening all the time. And the phone number again for the, uh, of course, uh, that budget that's free of charge or anything else. 508 998 8858. You betcha. And um, my closing thought is Walt Disney. I always like to look on the optimistic side of life, but I'm realistic enough to know that life is a complex matter. And that's how I like to approach things myself. I like to have a positive outlook. I'm not a Pollyanna, but I like to look forward to doing things that will be helpful to people. Thank you so much for being with us. Stay tuned next week. (music) 